If we're asking for certainty, which we are, where does one find it? In another human being? In an occupation? In a bank account? Where? Conflict only exists when there's separation, when there's a division between a challenge and our response. Kindness is a pathless journey. Love is a pathless journey. We can't technique our way into these spaces. This is the Anonymous Creativity Podcast. Sometimes, if we're quiet enough in our unconscious pursuing, when we're not concerned with ourselves everlastingly, happiness happens. Hello, and welcome to Episode 6 of Anonymous Creativity. Each weekly episode in this season is based on universal themes such as self-knowledge, comparison, security, conditioning, knowledge, and happiness. This week's episode on happiness is entitled, Why Are We Obsessed With Happiness? What is our obsession with being happy? Have you ever asked yourself this? Like, why do we pursue it with such passion? on a daily basis? Why do we pursue it through books? Why do we pursue it through gurus? Why do we pursue it through other people's understanding of what it means to be happy? It's become a huge business as of late. And I guess has for decades. And yet even after all the promises coming from outside, promises that say, follow this for X amount of time and you will become happy. I wonder if that's true. But in order for us to be able to go into this, this topic deeply, not only happiness, because that's just at the surface and it's just a word and the word is never the thing that it's describing. I think we need to first understand our obsession, our need for pleasure. Happiness and pleasure forever being um, intertwined. Joy and pleasure forever being intertwined. What do we mean when we say pleasure? Have we made seeking this pleasure, seeking out pleasurable states, the meaning of our life? I wonder if we can start with uh, breaking down the structure of pleasure, how one arrives at seeking pleasure on a daily basis. Let's take an honest look at at our culture, the totality of our culture as human beings. The culture which we're a part of that says we go to school, we work endlessly, we accumulate things, not only materially but, but psychologically, bear the responsibility perhaps of, of a home, land, family. And if we're good on earth, we'll go to heaven or experience some pleasure in the afterlife. For the vast majority of us, this is the meaning of life. And let me be clear, this isn't 
this is just what is. I'm, I'm not categorizing this in any way, good, bad, right, wrong. I don't care about the categorizing. I, do, I don't want to analyze through a filter of, of my conditioned self of what this may mean. I just want to better understand, and I hope we can inquire together about this, what it means to lead a life that's based on this seeking of pleasure. This same culture, which we're a part of, also asks us, why do we bother with any attempt at understanding what the meaning of life is at all? This culture encourages us, all of us, just, just live. You do you, I'll do me, let's just live. Live our best life, whatever that means. This culture tells us, put up with and accept all the ugliness that's happening somewhere over there. Always, always somewhere over there or over here. It may be close, but we're very quick to turn away from it. All the sorrow, all the pain, all the anxiety, all the fears, all the pursuit of pleasures, right? The utter boredom, the loneliness. What I find interesting is all these things are what produce us to want to find happiness. So you could say, in a way, happiness, joy, is birthed out of these, out of sorrow, out of pain, out of wanting to get rid of anxiety, out of wanting to get rid of our fears. We're told by this this uh, this culture that that these things are they're just part of life. There's no way you can go beyond it. So just put up with it. And having accepted this without question, we're going to do our best to enjoy life. We're going to make we're going to make pleasure the main focus. All of our energy, we're just going to pool it into this endless search for pleasures. This endless search into finding rewards or receiving rewards with whatever we do. That could be something from working hard to also having a mindfulness practice or a meditation practice that promises something at the end of it. And this, this slowly but surely, day after day, uh, week after week, month after month, year after year, this becomes what we think we want. A permanent and enduring, a, uh, a continuous cycle of pleasure. So I guess the question becomes, is pleasure the meaning of life? And the principle of pleasure is, for most people, the meaning of life, if we're terribly honest. And it, I think it's, for, it's really important to be honest with what actually is, because it's so easy to, to deceive ourselves in our own pursuit of, of pleasure, fulfillment becomes extremely important. We want it right now. The desires, the, the sex to be seen, to be someone important, to be famous, to be successful, all of it. But again, the question is pleasure, the full and deep meaning of life, of our existence. Is that why we're here? Not a purpose, just the, just a meaning of life. 
Because if we accept that, that this is the meaning of life, seeking pleasure, as the majority of us do, life becomes very superficial, doesn't it? And this is what we've done as a whole. We've made life in this pursuit of pleasure very superficial. Our own thoughts may deceive us into believing that we're digging really deeply. We're digging really, really, really deep into understanding this self that we call me. Bouncing from one program to another, one teacher, one guru, one religion, one nation, one method, one belief to another. But we're rarely slowing down enough to ask who or what is bouncing around in search of something or someone that will reflect what we need them to in order to feel safe, to feel secure, to feel pleasure. And depth really doesn't have anything to do with our accumulation of knowledge, our accumulation of experiences, our accumulation of memories. In fact, this entity that we refer to as me is a result of our past. It's an accumulation of knowledge. It's an accumulation of experiences. It's an accumulation of memories. Who we think we are is based in all this past. We are the past. We are a collection of secondhand beings. The me we've come to know and believe is us is based on nothing more than the accumulation of other people's knowledge, other people's experiences, other people's memories. Can we see this? Can we see all of this clearly? Just free from our judgments, free from ideas, free from condemnation, just seeing actually what is and what has happened and what is happening. Let's say we can, we can see our conditioning clearly. That we are the past and we've made life superficial in all areas. After having made life superficial in the pursuit of pleasure, then as a reaction to that, we say that life must have a deeper meaning. Yes? We begin to investigate this deeper meaning through uh, through joining uh, groups, joining maybe a religion, reading a, a plethora of books, following um, teachers, following gurus, uh, starting a meditation practice, starting a yoga practice, um, getting involved with sound, getting involved with light, tele uh, telepathy, um, ESP, astral projection, you know, all the, all the things. And we're hoping to give life a deeper meaning by, by deep diving into all of these offshoots of which promise some sort of pleasurable experience if one sticks with it long enough. We take all these things and we believe that one of these experiences is always the next experience, right? It's always the next new experience with some uh, a new technique or a new method or a new practice or a new religion or a new whatever, this will, that will be the answer. That will give life a deeper meaning. 
a psychedelic, right? I go on a psychedelic experience and I tell myself this may hold the keys to entering into the meaning of life, a very pleasurable state. And while we're doing this, we're attaching. We don't see this. We're, we're attaching ourselves to specific teachers, shamans, gurus, whatever the label we use or whatever we're giving them. Because it's during this investigating that we're when we're in this period that all of these teachers and gurus and people and experts, they start to pop up. They start to shoot up like fields of mushrooms. And this is where most of us become stuck, is on this path of following another because we've told ourselves that they know and we don't. And this is the path to degeneration. We begin dropping our beliefs for someone else's until they're no longer relevant. And then we find someone else or something new. And that cycle repeats again and again and again and again and again. And unless we can see this cycle clearly, it never stops. This is where I found myself. And I started to ask questions like I'm asking you right now. I said, why do I keep bouncing around from one teacher to the next? Why do I keep getting really passionate about mind powers and controlling thought and controlling the mind and, and and then move on to something else and, in, and reading a book a week. Why? It's because we think by bouncing around from one thing or person to the next that we're digging really deeply into this me, into the meaning of life. But in truth, our intentions, consciously or unconsciously, are in the pursuit of pleasure. If this is the meaning of life, then we depend on each other, right? We can't possibly stand on our own. We can't possibly be a light unto our own self. Intellectually, we, we're, we constantly need to be stimulated, entertained, have companionship. We're terribly, terribly afraid of being lonely. So material things, property, land, cars, all that stuff, they become extremely important because without them, we're alone. We're nobody. And we've been trained to be somebody. And if we don't own any material things, that's our culture deems it as valuable, right? It's not a problem. We have things of the mind, my beliefs, my ideas, my ideals, my experiences, my divisions. When pleasure becomes the full meaning of life, we're forced to depend on things, both physically and psychologically. And from this dependency sprouts fear. If I depend on you for my pleasure, physically, psychologically, intellectually, or, or, or so-called spiritually, folded within that dependence is anxiety, insecurity, fear. And this is what we call our life. And anytime the foundations of this dependence gets disturbed, we become anxious, we become furious, we become, uh, we become violent, we become hateful. This, these and, and, and many more are the problems with the pursuing of pleasure. 
And yet this is our culture of which we are. And the world is us and we are the world. There's no separation. So ask yourself, as I'm asking myself, is this the meaning of life? If it's not, what do we do? Our conditioned self will tell us we must get rid of this pleasure, discard it altogether. But we can't discard pleasure. We can't say, like the monks and the priests used to do, I won't have pleasure. I will deny my desires. Because even still, those same monks and priests, they're pursuing their pleasures, their meditations, their salvations, their enlightenment. If one was to take away all, to take away from them all their ideas, their sense of what enlightenment is, their meditation, they, they'd be lost. So can pleasure be discarded? I don't think so. Why? Because we are not some separate thing from these pleasures that we pursue. Can pleasure be denied? I don't think so. Because when we look at uh, the mountains, say, or we look at a beautiful tree or the open waters of a still lake or a beautiful face walking down a busy street, we can't deny the pleasure that results just from our observing. I guess the issue is, not even I guess, the issue is it's the demand for a repeat of this pleasurable experience, the pursuit of it. The desire to relive the experience instead of being completely present. I think this is where the trouble begins, is when we pursue anything, it ceases being that thing. And again, let me be clear again, I'm not trying to condemn pleasure and the experience of pleasure. It's really on the contrary. I'm just trying to examine the very nature and structure of it because the moment pleasure takes place right right in the in the instant that it's taking place there's no registration of it in the brain right think about that when you're experiencing happiness it's not called happiness yet or joy or anger or fear whatever whatever it is there is a brief moment where there's no label there's no word The moment that we say, in this example, I'm happy, however, it ceases being happiness. Think about it. There's the moment where there's no word that I'm experiencing what we I will later soon in the future call happiness. Like I'm talking like microseconds in the future. I'm happy. The moment that I utter those words, there's a registration and it ceases being happiness. Our moment of being what we label as happy, we are, we are completely unaware. But again, it's a second later when we say I'm happy, which is the remembrance of that thing we experienced a second later. And the registration is the remembering of that moment and wanting more of it. And once the incident has been registered in the brain, 
thought remembers it and demands more of it. The more of it is the pleasure. So happiness, joy, whatever the pleasure, it happens by itself. And sometimes, if we're quiet enough, in the business of our, our unconscious pursuing, when we're not concerned with ourself everlasting, happiness happens. And then there's the remembrance of it. And then there's the pursuit to revisit this happiness on demand. This is when it becomes pleasure, but happiness is not pleasure. And this was a challenging thing to see clearly for, for quite a while because modern civilization is encouraging this never-ending pursuit, commercially and in other ways, of this pleasure. Always more, 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 more. We're so consumed with this pursuit that we don't have time or the energy to truly see that we're destroying the earth. We're destroying each other. We're destroying ourselves. And this is the problem. Seeing the movement of pleasure, the function of it. Are we able to observe a beautiful mountain with all of its strength? and just leave it at that. Can we see something extremely beautiful, be present with it? With this wave of joy, with this wave of happiness and, and end it right there. Which means, can we observe completely with all of our senses? Because when we do, there is no registration. How can there be a registration? All of our senses are involved with, ex with, with this observing this thing or person. We're completely and totally in sync with the movement of the present, free from any remembrance.